We want to read you a little uh, nonprofit sponsor from hashtag Schools Not Prisons. Schools Not Prisons is the leading brand at the intersection of art, culture, and activism since 2016. Schools Not Prisons has reached millions of people and connected hundreds of artists with grassroots youth-serving organizations across the United States. Schools Not Prisons supports campaigns that are creating a new vision of safety centered on health, healing, and investing in people. For more information, visit schoolsnotprisons.us. Please so go rad. there. Please Health, visit. healing, and investing in humans. Right? It's about time. It's, it is about time. Hi, sis. Hey, sis. I'm Summer Phoenix. And I'm Rain Phoenix. Welcome to Launch Left. Welcome to Launch Left. Today we have a very special guest. Yes, from Nick. From Devotchka. You guys Devotchka. forgot my name already. Yeah. yeah. And he's right here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, this is so uh, weird that we usually do these intros separate, but today we, we thought we'd do it with you. And now. Yeah. And we usually do it at a table. So this is like a two headed monster yeah. version. Yeah, we're doing of us. today is special for you. We've never done it in these armchairs till today. So okay. And we don't know what to do with our legs because they're usually hidden uh, yeah. underneath. So. That's. Yeah. It's on my mind too. Your legs yeah. look great. Your legs look great. And, and it's good to just cross them in different ways for, yeah. for variety. Okay. I won't be doing that because <laughs> I, just, I don't want to see variety when it exactly. comes to Exactly. Yeah. When it comes to me, we don't want to see variety. Um, welcome to the show, Nick. Wow. Thanks for having me. It's, You're it's an honor. You're so welcome. Um, I love your theme song, by the way. I heard the theme song. <laughs> I heard the theme song and I was, I was sold. Whoa. Yeah. First mention. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Um, That's the, an original tune. It's an original tune that I wrote and Rain <laughs> operatically sang on top of. Yeah. We did it in about 35 seconds. Yeah. So Not three minutes. Of, the engineer would say three minutes. That's true. But uh, it was really fun to do. And you're, thank you for the honorable mention of yeah. Launch Left Podcast. Uh, theme song. What is it? Bring us new artists and we will launch them. That's true. That's uh, Yeah. So... Um, Today we're doing a bit of a portrait on you because we're not sure, you know, who knows about your records and your band, Devotchka, and your videos, which I checked out, which were really arty. And oh, I, well, I dig the arty video. Um, but really, you know, a lot of what we do on the show is just talk to artists yeah, and I, ask them I like questions. That about your show. Yeah, you we don't really, deep. we don't really go, we're not super, you know, no offense, but we're not super interested in going into the details of every uh, song or record of an artist. We're more interested in the process, why music, why art, um, you know, what what inspires you, who inspired you, who's inspiring to you. These are things that we think are important to, or at least interesting to And when she says we, she means her. Yeah. <laughs> Although I feel like you um, are on the show with me and you've agreed. I have a question just how you came to music. Like what made you want to be a musician? Um, well, I was, I was, that was like one thing in my life I was always drawn to from the time I can remember being a toddler. Um, we had a very musical household. I had a very musical grandfather who was kind of a legend that loomed large in all of our lives. Um, what did so, he play? Uh, he played the trombone and he had his own band and he was cool. a singer and he was a super, super suave, cool guy. And, um, he died when I was pretty young, which sucked. Um, but yeah, I just came out of the gate 
always fascinated with it. We had an old piano in our basement and I used to write songs down there when I was tiny. And, uh, and my school, luckily my public school had a band uh, program that I got into very early and I started playing the trumpet when I was in like third grade and I was in marching band, jazz band and all that geeky stuff. And, um, uh, and then when I hit puberty, I discovered rock and roll and, and got up and, and got obsessed with the guitar. Um, so I didn't know, I didn't think, you know, in my household, uh, it was very practical. You could be, you could be into music, but you know, you couldn't get a job being a musician. That didn't seem like a realistic thing in my family. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, you know, like a career path or anything. Um, but you know, uh, I just kept going with it and I just kept falling into it because I just really was unsuccessful at everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel that puberty, uh, because I've talked to a few people who say it was in puberty they discovered rock and roll. Do you think that falls in line with also the discovery of one's sexuality and that it has to, rock and roll has a lot to do with like, you know, girls or boys, if you are a young girl, but like you, like basically from, from the other people I've talked to, um, it was like, that's a great way to land a girlfriend or a boyfriend is to, um, start playing guitar in a rock band <laughs> like that was the perception and teen years and kind of helped to push towards like oh not gonna be in the jazz quartet i'm gonna yeah. be in a rock band yeah do you but, think that that factored in was that at all part of or was it really just an interest in rock guitar uh i think it definitely factored in i think it was maybe more of like the prepubescent years when you start discovering the opposite sex and you get those weird tingly feelings you don't know what they're about and then I started hearing like you know these pop songs and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and their harmonies and their lyrics and it was saying everything that I was feeling Mm -hmm. and 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 it was so artful and and beautiful I was drawn to it um but I didn't I I sort of you know uh, I think I missed out on a lot of social opportunities because of my obsession with guitar. I'd sit alone and practice and and figure out songs. And uh, and I remember sort of, you know, the rest of my friends were all probably developing more and getting better at sports than I was and getting lots of girls. And and, uh, and then I, I remember playing, playing a guitar at a party once and, and suddenly, you know, I did have something special going on. You know what I mean? I, I don't mm-hmm. know if that yeah. answers the question. It, it wasn't, absolutely did. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't get into it for that reason, but then I did notice like it made me sort of not look so dumb. Right. You know? <laughs> right. It's cool to play guitar. Sure. Davajka. Can you um, explain the origin of this word? Um, yes, it's a, it's, based on a Russian word for girl. And uh, I just, I I thought, I don't remember how I, I, I settled upon it, but um, I was at the time, uh, I was reading A Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. And uh, that word comes up a lot. And I just thought it was so beautiful and a beautiful way to describe a girl. And, and, um, and I originally wanted to have a band, an all-female band, 
I, I, I got, I convinced a that few. That you were included in? Yes. Like Robert, Robert <laughs> yes. Palmer kind of vibes. Yeah, not, I just, because I, I don't know. I um, feel like the name is for us because we are Russian. Yeah. We're of Russian descent. Oh, I didn't know that. So is it, I heard is it, it, it a like two-headed Russian girl monster. monster? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because then maybe there could be a little, sorry. No, I just thought it was a really sexy word and I wanted to have some female energy. I thought that's yeah. where it's really at. With, with creativity. So you wound up with one female. I did wind up with, and she, you know, she. Is she, she enough female for all? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, she, she, yeah, she, I don't know if you've seen her, but she, she plays the, the sousaphone wow. and stand-up bass and. So bald. Yeah. And, and she's, um, and, you know, I was thinking about it like that. I, I remember, th you know, in those early days when you're trying to figure out the opposite sex, they did, they seemed like, you know, girls seem like a whole different species. But then when I started playing music, I realized we speak the same language and we are just human. And that was a, a wow. really, you know, that's that's when I I realized that art is the great equalizer. Yes, that, Amen. You know, true. And a shame that it's been cut so much from our public schools and because it's one of those things that I think just as you did through the process of doing it and, re you know, it, it's it, it becomes what's inborn that we're all equal, you know, that we're all do share. And there, there is some, some equalness, obviously. Um, Equality. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that, that through music, you found that, right. And so I think many other kids would find it through music if it was provided for them. I think sometimes removing art, it really does cause so much yeah. um, negativity that, you know, it's, it's such a positive force art so yeah you're right and they're constantly you don't realize it at the time but they are i never thought about gender roles or anything until they are constantly dividing you up when yeah. you're a kid you know and yeah i mean i i think it's getting better now i feel like yeah. when, when i see um you know early ed education these days but um but yeah i think art is the great equalizer that's profound dig it let's pause on that <laughs> Pause for a, like an awkward pause, or you're just like, no, just pause so that you would say something, which you did. Well, it didn't inspire anything like a positive in me with your pause. Um, I'm interested more. Um, I want to go back down. So, how did you um, get your band together? Um, well, I was, uh, I, I mastered the guitar, and I. And I don't say that lightly. It took a long time, and um, and I was constantly getting into bands and helping them, you know, get their songs together. And I was, it seemed like I was always, uh, sort of helping the singer. Fixer. Yeah, I was the fixer. I was very. I was from an early age. I was very good at arranging and and writing, and uh, um, more so than I think maybe because I actually studied music. And then when you get into college and and into rock bands you'll find a lot of people that just just pick it up by ear and sort of wing it um so any sort of musical knowledge you have can go a long way in those situations um but uh i i think i just got tired of of backing up other singers that weren't um putting out the, the vibe that i wanted to put out mm -hmm. and and uh I always wanted to be a singer, but I, you know, I, I would get up to the mic and my 
I'd sound like Peter Brady. You remember that classic episode where his voice cracks? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought I was so good when I sang along with the records at home, mm-hmm. you know, and then I remember trying out for a couple of bands as the singer and it just went terrible. Um, but then I just started honing in on, I, I was bouncing around all these bands and I just realized the reason why none of them were going anywhere is because we had like, you know, bells and whistles and flash and good clothes, but we didn't have good songs. So I just, I, turns I, out that's important. It is really important. And it's, I, it's definitely a learning curve. And I started focus on songwriting and singing and, um, but you're still to this day pretty flashy and got that whole jam going down too. So that's looks true. Like I never, you married the both. Good uh, on you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a very important part of Are you the sight presentation. Reader? Do you read music? Is that the right term? Uh, I can read music. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That does go a really long way. Yeah. You're right. It does. It we helps. we don't know how to do that. Maybe you do a little. I do, but I'm not very good at it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not great at it either, but I, I write a lot of music. So So do you chart helps. like string arrangements or certain things like that? Yeah. You compose things? Yeah. Oh, that's I, cool. I don't know if you know this about me, but I've been a film composer for a lot of years. Really? Yeah. Talk about been it. Like, we don't know. We yeah. know nothing. Oh. Tell us. <laughs> we learn. Oh. We're here to learn. Oh, okay. Yay. <laughs> that's well, our that's motto. A whole other we know side nothing. Of, of my career that we Great. can talk about. Let's hear but, a little bit about let's hear, oh, let's hear a little bit about it. So composer. how many years? A decade? So um how'd we fall into it was So I started this band Vodka. It was oh, like my dream great band. name. Yeah. And uh um you know after being in a lot of bands that didn't work, I I I was like I'm gonna start my own band and I'm gonna get the people I want and um I had this idea of just getting finding people that played un rock and roll instruments and on rock and roll back backgrounds to get in my band. And that's where I found the, the quartet that you mentioned. They were all, um, they had, uh, had been in classical and jazz groups in college and, uh, and were also very strongly educated musically. And they wanted to have, they too wanted to pursue, pursue a, a career in it. And, um, I convinced them to join my band <laughs> and we, uh, you know, we we DIY'd it for many years, and we had we had a really f- really fun uh, time of it. We we got at the we, time quickly. Just at the time, was it fun, or is it really like looking back? You're like, wow, those were the good old days. Just yeah, you know, at the time it was it was really exciting, but it was hard. You know, I I do um, you do tend to look back with a little bit of romance, but but there was a lot of really fun times because we we got in a van and and we were so used to playing the crappiest gigs ever. So anytime we had an audience, it was just like epic, even if it was like twenty people, and and we kept, you know, we we got a little luck with some press and and some NPR stations and stuff. So we started getting little crowds, like fifty, hundred, but we could go you know, to cities that we loved like LA and, and Chicago and small towns and in our little van. And, and, you know, we, we, um, we didn't really have an agenda or a record label. So, you know, and we were, uh, so the money made at the door was actually yours. Yeah. We'd sell our t-shirts and our little CDs and get to the next town. It was very romantic. And, and it was, it was, I think a lot of bands would look back at that. They tend not to focus on it when at the time, mm-hmm. but you always look back to that because you're just friends and you're just you're doing it because you love it. Love of it. Yeah. yeah. 
And around about that time, uh, we were uh, based here. No, no, we 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 met up in Denver. Okay, we we all ended up in Denver somehow. Yeah, um, and um, around about that time, I'm not sure how it happened. I think it was at like some conference or something. Someone slipped a CD to Nick Harcourt. Remember that guy? Yes. Yeah, he's Morning Comes Collected guy, mm, and he loved this one. Remember device. that guy? He's still around. Yeah, he's still on eighty-eight point okay. five. I think and uh, eighty-nine point three. All right. Or is he oh yeah, point five. Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, he moved, I think, from KCRW. But anyway, that was huge for us, and he started playing us on KCRW, and uh, and by chance, um, when we put our next album out, um, and Lit started playing it, and um, the directors of Little Miss Sunshine heard us one Saturday. Um, do you remember that movie, Little yeah. Miss Sunshine? Little Miss Sunshine, yes. I yeah. heard you said Illuminous No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Sue Little Jacobs Miss... Let me... The music supervising. Um, yeah. Sue Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah, I know yeah. her. Do you know yeah. her? Yeah. Okay. So um, we were asked to provide a bunch of music for that film, and it sort of um, it exploded us onto the onto this world stage. And then somehow <laughs> yeah, that led to continuing to compose so, music? So after that happened, it was a very, like, um, it was a very popular soundtrack, and um, a lot of people were using it to temp temp their films, and I, and I got sucked into the soundtrack world here in L.A., and, and I've since, I've done, like, uh, I'm, I'm just starting my 29th soundtrack right now. Wow. Yeah. So That's rad. Did you ever think that that would be... Uh, that music would take you to film uh, when you were young and wanted to be in a band? Was that ever even in your mind? I mean, it was. It, it was. It, it was a huge part of oh, really? my musical upbringing, yeah. Oh, cool. I was always in love with soundtracks and, mm. and film music, and so were my band members, too. Um, and I always kind of dreamed about it. I didn't know how, how it would ever happen. Right. Um, but I got in through the back door of... of uh, independent non-commercial radio that's <laughs> so cool yeah. that's such a good story yeah. so once again my thimble full of musical knowledge that i learned in public school came in true that heavy. yeah wait a second so you're saying your education and music that you're speaking of all came from your public school education or you also studied i i did continue college. to study and i took you know private theory lessons and stuff like that yeah but but much of but it came from years. came yeah. from marching bands. That's so great. <laughs> so there's hope for other people. That's a really good lesson for people to just keep going. Yeah, I hope that. that um, be joyful for the 20 people that show up. Be yeah. joyful for the and 50. You, and that's, you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to slip your CD to someone else. Right? Yeah. And they, the directors told us later on that they snuck in on a show and there was like 10 people there. And so you never know who's going to be at your show either. That's something exactly. I, I always try to tell people, like, even if there is. Well, now you are on mic. Too. Yeah. You're letting so. people know. It's really for young, struggling artists. It's really important to hear that, you know? Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a slog. It is a slog. And I think if your intentions are right and, and you're, you know. Yes. Motivation. What's your motivation? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think eventually something good is going to happen. You had mentioned earlier that you kept on with music because you turned out you weren't good at any of the other things. Can I hear about just one or two of the other things? Well, I guess um, when I went to college, I got really into journalism 
and that was kind of became my focus and uh and i was really in, we had a really great school newspaper and i wrote for it for like three out of four years and and i i had some of my articles published in the town i don't know i was i thought i was going to have a career in journalism right. and um and uh it's a very cold reality out there and and I, I couldn't get any traction there and i was bouncing around and you know in in different a couple of different cities and and i just was not good at landing other jobs <laughs> you know I mean, nothing yeah. what's incredible nothing, though it seems as though your plan b or your plan how does it how does this work is like your dream was your plan a well yeah but I then you didn't do a plan b and you ended up with the plan a yeah, really yeah which totally so, goes against the whole podcast she told me about this morning. Oh, she this American to. Life did in that 12, 12, um, 12 episodes, I think, on, on, on Plan B. On no, plan there was B. one person in a room of 100, and she was the youngest at 23 years old, was the only person who was living their Plan A. Really? And everybody else was on their Plan B. But what's so, interesting is that you, you're living your Plan A. I am, yeah. And I've, I've been really grateful for that lately because you lose sight of that yeah and it seemed like a plan c or d at the time you know when i when you got out and you're like i gotta pay back these student loans i gotta get a job you know your parents are kind of like what are you doing you know <laughs> your friends are all getting good jobs and stuff and mm -hmm. and you know part of that was probably because i i was still always staying up late and playing with bands and you know jamming with three or four different people all night you know and that probably did affect my job search <laughs> in a negative Which way. Possibly, <laughs> possibly might have had Looking something. Looking back, to do. you know, maybe I didn't put it that much effort into it as much as I thought. You know, you when said you're that age. We a lot when you were talking about growing up. Do you have siblings? I have a lot of siblings. Really, I have six brothers and sisters. <gasps> Wow. What's the uh, ratio, but since we were talking gender, societal gender thing? I have three brothers and three sisters. Wow. And I'm right there's in the seven, middle of all of them. There's seven total. Yeah. Wow. Right in the middle of them all. Right and this was growing up in Colorado, or is that where uh, we went to college and we yeah, got our band I, together? I grew up in New York, actually. Okay. New York yeah. City. I grew up in Westchester. Uh huh. Which nice. I, I was listening to your interview with Flea. Yeah. Who and also, was, yeah. I was shocked that he was in Westchester at some point. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. That's amazing. Not for long. No. Right. It was like yeah. highway of Australia to Harlem. Yeah. Then <laughs> to the, uh, the Lower East Side or, yeah. But, um, so anyway. Whoa. Seven sibs. And any yeah. of them musical at all or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my sister is a very, a really talented singer and. Right on. It's awesome. Where is she? Um, well, she has become, you know, Hi, Nick's sister. Quite a, quite, yeah, hopefully she's listening. You know, she's a busy mom now. She had a lot of kids to pass the talent on to. And she, How she, many um, is a lot dying to I know. think she has five now. Wow. <laughs> and Your family's prolific in the baby yeah, making department. Yeah. Well, those two are. <laughs> the rest of us took it easy. But, um, uh, uh, so she, I think she focuses on choir now. She's a choir leader mm -hmm. and a teacher. So beautiful. Yeah. So when She's you back. found your voice, I say it like that just because you were croaking at, at the mic. Yeah. A yeah that's a Brady. <laughs> um, was, was that it? Were you just like, Oh, 
It didn't happen overnight. I just I started fronting the band, and you know I had like three I had three good notes that I could rely on. I looking back, and then then you know just the um, the fact that we just started playing every gig that we could get. I think it just sort of improved with with time and and live performances, and uh, and then yeah, suddenly I, I I could hold my own. Do you think a lot of that is confidence? Sometimes just getting confident as like I'm singing and being a front person, or is it uh, practice? You, is there? It's a combination, probably. I think yeah, yeah, a lot of it is confidence, but you have to have the the muscles Ch- for yeah, it for you sure. Work your voice. To get, yeah. Yeah. So it's really nice to be be on the other end of the spectrum now because I, I, I really enjoy singing. It's like my favorite thing in the world. It's awesome. You guys are singers, right? Yeah, she yeah. is. She's too. She's great. Really She'll always say she isn't, but I've heard her sing and she's a great voice. Um, I don't have five children and I'm not a choir leader, <laughs> but I Whoa. once in a while carry a tune. Um, there was something else that was right on the tip. I have a question about the, your record. That's called yeah. "This Night Falls Forever." This night falls forever. The tenth, I think, is the tenth song. The second to the last song. No, third to the last song. There's a oh, oh, it's the breaking up song. Mm-hmm. What is that instrument? Is it a singing saw? Is it? Oh, a, I'm glad um, you brought that up. Is it a theremin? It's a theremin. It is. Yes. It was beautiful. Nicely cool done, Ray. Right? Nicely done. Oh, cool solo, yeah. So that's another thing I've been obsessed with since. Theremin? You know, my, yeah. You know, we were in a band that Theremin was used heavily in really? a show called The Causey Way. The Causey oh, I know that band. We were signed to Alternative Tentacles. Yeah. Summer and I both went out on the road with this band. It's true. We All did. in white. It was like uh, Scott Stanton was the leader who looked like David Koresh, and we were all his minions. Yeah, I remember that. People thought we were a cult. Yeah, and they truly believed it, and um, he would always play. He had like this cute little, it looked like a police siren that you stick on the back of a car, you know, a light, that, right. but it was a theremin, and he would play it every show, and that was like my, probably, I don't know if that was my first introduction to theremin, but it certainly was in a punk rock outfit, yeah, it's a very um, but it's a, such a beautiful instrument, and people that can actually play it well. It's I'm completely mesmerized. I could just sit and watch. They can do. They can like play Beatles songs with it and stuff. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah, it's amazing. How much um, of the instrumentation do you deliver personally on your records? Um, you know, uh, is it a collective? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all a four collective. of you have your own instruments. Yeah. And then and we we definitely cross pollinate. We're okay. we're all like you know band geeks, so everybody dabbles in other instruments and and keyboards and you know vintage toys and all that. Same stuff. lineup as the very first group you brought together. Yeah, we wow. still have the same lineup. Yeah, That's cool. We've had a couple of people come and go since then, but I mean just satellite players, but. But yeah, the four of us, the quartet. Yeah, that was my next question is like the fact that it's a quartet. When you mean that? So when other people came and left, were they ever officially part of the band or it was just Um, like. Just like one or two guys in the beginning. But, you know, in the beginning of a band, it's just like. I love how this, you know. (laughs) I I don't mean to dismiss their contribution in all that way, but it was more like. Figuring it it out. Yeah. Yeah. It was more of a. interpersonal kind of thing you know you got to figure out who can who you can hang with and yeah and not and how has that been over the when was the how long have you guys been together so um i 
kind of I put the first record together myself with with um, a couple of guys that are in the band now, but with a lot of my other f- musician friends, and um, and then I I got this quartet together and we put the record out in the year two thousand. So okay, so we're talking like this is a very well very very successful marriage yeah so we've we've uh we're coming up on our 20th year which is really crazy to think and how has that been that how many uh ups and downs like you speak of interpersonal relationships i mean the band is you do not have to list all of them when she says how many you just no it's true maybe did i say how many i was just saying like how many ups and downs that's gonna be a lot yeah (laughs) you know i i mean you guys have been in bands, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like being family and like a relationship, volatile yeah. love affair mm-hmm. all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we've been very, very lucky. We have, we, we've had some, some falling, huge falling outs, but we always, you know, we shared a common bond and common mission and never let any. Did you always stay together or did you ever break up and get back together? No, we never, we never broke up. Yeah. <laughs> that's mdf actually there's no wood in that so okay. i don't know no, we never broke up we've had um i've had you know i've convinced people not to leave the band mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that wanted to leave the band um but uh and i think i don't know i think it was a good decision on what do you say we ask our three questions oh that's a great idea can i ask one more question before yeah, the three one questions? more two-headed monster is outside of being the band do you guys relate to each other do you have personal relationships here let me just move that totally (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's funny as as the years go on um you know we of course we'd get home from a long tour and just be like you know i never want to see you again (laughs) you know that is Uh, but you know as you spend time alone and then you get back together you realize like these people know you better than anybody else you know because they've seen you at your most vulnerable and and your your highest and your lowest points and and you've shared so much i mean there's no one else who's had that experience of being on that stage with you you know and so there's a bond there that yeah that's that's really strong and and as we get older i think we really i i definitely appreciate it because i've been out here working on films which is very lonely you kind of it sounds romantic but basically you spend a lot of time chained in a in a room by yourself with a <laughs> with a pencil and a keyboard mm-hmm. um so you miss you miss that camaraderie and you miss the interpersonal you know and the inside jokes and the mm-hmm. you know one, I just another question. Um, <clears throat> that's not the three questions. Do you think your parents are proud of you? Um, yeah, I do actually. I think um, they were. I know they weren't so proud of some of the earlier outfits I was part of, <laughs> and they thought maybe I could be using my my education and intellect in a better way. But they, you know, they always supported my my musical endeavors and. Um, and and they actually really liked the music, so they're they're super proud, and they're also very proud that um, I was carrying on my grandfather's legacy. That was always big, huge to them, because they it kind of skipped their generation. They they didn't really play or perform, so they were so great. They were supportive. Yeah. You know, you don't always hear that, and uh, and I and I love the stories of even when 
families aren't supportive like the this art you know if you have to make art that that artist has to make art it's not like really a choice it's like this is why i'm here and the the triumphant moment when like that mixes with quote unquote success enough for the family to recognize that all this time they've given them shit about it Mm -hmm. they were mistaken and this like headstrong child or you know like proved them wrong like that's always like yeah, I always give a big round of applause for that. Um, we were very lucky because we had parents that were just super arty and super supportive of whatever we did artistically. I don't know how so lucky we were. Our parents were like over loving and over like <laughs> anything you do is wonderful. There was a and lot that's of why positive, we ended up like this. A lot did, of positive so. reinforcement. It's did true. any of your siblings like go that like sometimes you know you, oh, you like hear of like women? yeah like no. the hippies will have like an no. FBI agent in there. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know <laughs> I that's wish. the thing is you think there would have been you know someone who rebelled against. Yeah, maybe a doctor, a lawyer. <laughs> come on, come on, something. Use someone help in the family with my teeth. I need help with my teeth. <clears throat> no, um, that's true. That really hasn't. Although our sister Liberty does do real estate and is like holds like a proper killer graphic designer job too. You know, like she's super uh, business minded, and uh, this one does that too. But I don't want to talk too much about it. She'll get mad at me. Um, <laughs> Let's ask the three questions, Meanie Pants. Okay. Meanie Pants doublehead. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> no, this is really easy. Okay. Who are your like favorite influences? Like who are the probably like two try and pick two people that really were like, oh, they they're why you were like, I want to do music. Okay. Um Well, there's a lot of those. Yeah. So I know but, that's why I try to narrow it down it too. Yeah. But if well, you get, I, I get mad at her, I'm like, how could you possibly pick two? That's so mean. Like, and, yeah. and I do two, it just two, to maybe, see you squirm. Yeah. No. Maybe two that just we're like, uh, well, like they like that. The, keep, I'd say maybe I'm thinking about like maybe two that just keep coming back. Like, I, Great. yeah, like I'd say definitely John Lennon. Yeah. I would have to say just he. I think he spoke to all of us, every young kid, you know, just with his voice and his delivery and his, his sense of humor and his lyrics and his songs. Um, and just that idea that, you know, that you could come from absolute nothing and, 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 you know, change the world, change the whole world. Yeah. Um, and then be super cool while you're doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and promote peace and love and you yeah. know. Um, so that's that's a pretty high bar. Um I guess the second one's gonna be hard. Um can we come back to that one? Definitely. <laughs> Let's do a lightning round. What's um the- we also second question that we always like to ask is uh oh what is your form of activism? What speaks to you that you like to speak on? Um, right? Yeah, you can you can expound, Rain. So no, that we're- that's that's the easiest way to say it. I mean, it's basically just like with everything going on in the world today. Is there one thing that you really champion that feels like resonates with you? That because you know, there's so many different. Even if it's like just in your general attitude and with the people that you see every day, yeah, it's not, it, it doesn't, doesn't have, have to be, be like, like, yeah, no, this is I, where I, yeah, I, that's an interesting question because we do, you know, we've, we've definitely championed a lot of, um, nonprofits and people that we could help out. And, and we tried to always, um, focus on music based 
um, like music education and instruments and stuff for kids that, um, but that's just something we, we did collectively as a band. If we could help out, we would. Um, and, and I, you know, I do, I take in everything that's going on and, and I definitely expound on that a lot. And, and we, you know, we, we get, we, we support candidates, we support charities, but I think in my particular position, I've, I, I have this really unique um, opportunity that I, I really revere. And um, as a singer, I, I just, um, I get to connect with audiences every night, which is really magical and, and people discount it and you don't want to like put too much stock in it or feel like it's anything to do with, it's nothing to do with me, but it's like this connection and these people come together in a room and it does, you know, you've been there, it changes the energy and, and you're, you're all focused. So I think I try to, it's definitely been sort of drilled or lightning bolted or, you know, into my skull that we really are all connected, you know, and we have to take care of each other. And I just, in, in my, any way that I can, I try to, you know, awkwardly try to impart that if I can in between songs or with my lyrics or with my energy or, or when I'm talking to people. Or while uh, you uh, sat across uh, or, from two or, idiot sisters podcasting because I yeah, feel it. Even, yeah. even when, yeah, even if you're out in your neighborhood, you know, and, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so important. it is that we, we have to realize that. And, and that's where the, um, that's where the trouble starts when we start thinking of each other as, as others, yeah. you know? So, so I you think champion human connectivity. That I think is my one. Yeah. Uh, what a beautiful thing to champion. Really? That's, that's awesome. I've seen it firsthand, so I'm I'm just saying it's real. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I wanna I wanna I want to to impart that if I can. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, the last question we have is what, what what who are you listening to now? Who can you throw throw some light on? Oh man, Jeez, I'm the worst person for that. <laughs> no, you don't have so to are we. Why do you think we? Well, yeah. That's why. Why do you think we ask other people? Well, we just jot it down and go like when people ask us, we go, oh, what Devotchka said. Oh no, we just we get it from other people and then we get to listen to it. And yeah, all of a sudden it's so awesome that we have. I've been focusing on vinyl a lot lately. Very that's, nice. That's something you could do in your. You can actually hear the whole album. Um, so I've been. Uh, and when you're like chained to your keyboard with your pencil, yeah, you it's hard to move to switch anything anyway. So you just listen to the whole thing. That too. Yeah. So um, and I've been finding all this. I've just been like really um, nostalgic and and finding comfort in these old records like um like henry henry mancini is not a, oh, an unknown yeah. name but he's got so many cool kitschy albums like i just found this record of hawaiian music that he did in a Dude, in a thrift store thrifting i was just gonna <laughs> say there is not one thrift store that if you check out their vinyl collection is not a henry mancini uh, record yeah there's so many great ones in there and then i start there was this whole like movement i found out after the war everyone was so depressed that um you know they didn't want anything heavy so they started doing all these kind of fun quirky 
uh, easy listening stuff. Frank Locastro, Loca- Locrasto mm-hmm. was doing. We had a guest on here, and it's like a certain genre of like island. Yeah, Polynesian. there's a Polynesian. there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's this famous guy named Mitch Miller that was he ran Columbia Records at the time, and and he was signing all these people like um, Ray, the Ray Conniff singers. Have you ever heard of them? Mm-hmm. Well, Ray Conniff. Um, he was a great composer and wrote a bunch of songs that other people made famous. But then he put it together, the singing group, and you could there's there's like a hundred of at a, any thrift store you'll find a hundred of those records, and just the production on those is just it's beautiful. A lot of them are recorded right down the street at Capitol Records, you know, in one room with a mic. And um, there's this guy I I always forget his name is Bart Kempfert. He's a German he's a German composer, which you would not immediately think but he doesn't come across in his universal <laughs> language of music yes but he wrote like strangers in the night and oh. and um hundreds of other tunes that were made big by sinatra and all those crooners in the 50s and um i don't know so i've just been delving into those lately and that's so cool for the like now I want to get those records and play them on my little vinyl machine. Yeah, yeah, and they just sound so Henry Mancini on your vinyl machine. Is yeah, that that's what, what I called said? it. I called it my vinyl machine instead of my record player. player. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I like and to you know it's it also I've been finding out that that whole movement was kind of what sort of pushed rock and roll into the f- forefront because you yeah. know there's this huge demographic of teenagers. Right. You know, in like 1955, yeah. and I think like the the number one song that year was like hot diggity dog diggity. You remember that one? It was <laughs> yeah. a total cornball song. And then the next year Elvis like put out his first single and changed everything. So I think like that extreme Ushered easy, in. easy listening, the, like, easy listening. the teenagers off so much that rock and roll came to the forefront. Everything comes around though. And now, you know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes and cool. It becomes with... not cool. It becomes cool. And now I understand like, you know, why this was so important after the war because everyone was so traumatized and they just wanted peace and fun in the records and i kind of feel like that now <laughs> you know like yeah. i just need to put on a record and go off yeah. to henry mancini's island yeah, paradise you were saying that you were also <laughs> feeling nostalgic yeah. that have do you think that has anything to do with um i mean as i am getting older oh and, i know and I know, contemplating yeah. my mortality yeah That's exactly what i was I gonna say it's like, super oh, nostalgic it's getting older yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely I, I, uh, I, we're really doing it guys. We're all really, <laughs> really in really it. Doing it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause my, I, uh, I lost my dad this year and, I'm so uh, sorry for your loss, but it was the first time I really started to think like I, you know, to realize, <laughs> you know, like you, you think about to... it, but, but now it's re- like, it's, it became so real suddenly the last few months. And, and maybe that is why I'm, and that's the kind of stuff my dad would have loved to listen to too. You mm-hmm. know, he had a, a lot of easy listening crooners in his record collection. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely, uh, I'm with you. I'm, this is the first year I've actually come to terms with it, which is, you know, it's, it's you know, it's part of it, right? Yeah. It's just delusional on my part. So I'm glad though. It's focusing me. Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, you've been delusional up until now, and now you're acknowledging and you're come. You're stepping into your awareness. Are we talking about death? Yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's subject. her favorite subject. It is for real. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Well, because I think it's important we talk about it. It is. Yeah. And uh, and um, it's hard to talk about. How do we know it's not the greatest thing ever? 
obviously you live your life to to the fullest i would hope we all do uh so that if we're thinking about death we are usually living our life to the fullest i should say so that's why i i call it my favorite subject is because if i know it's right there then i'm making each day count you're right it's healthy yeah i just don't i'm just gonna miss everybody so much. oh i know i know we can relate and i'm gonna say the royal we and she's gonna agree probably this one time <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was really nice to talk to you and appreciate all the wisdom you imparted and the stories and And your music. And and the soft, sweet nature with which you imparted everything. Thank you for being, you know, opposite to my crazy, zany, grumpy and her, I don't know, whatever she is. The second head of the two-headed monster. Welcome to Launch Left. We're back in the studio that's right this time we have a, a really cool uh artist in don't we yeah would you, I, call, I, would you call yourself an emerging artist maybe we should introduce you first mr frank Locast. nope frank Locrasto. no no mr that frank Locrasto. Uh-huh. Oh, you did it yeah. Yeah. mr frank Locrasto. no <laughs> and i'm summer phoenix and, and i'm rain phoenix thank you for reminding me we're sitting down here with frank l we'll just call him We'll just abbreviate it for you there. L-O-C-R-A-S-T-O. Low Crasto. You did it. That's it. I never have to. She's from now on the spokesperson for you on the show. (laughs) Um, Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're really happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. You. It's nice to um, have you here on a podcast with a microphone in front of your face because uh on on your tours and in your music we don't get to hear your voice that's right yeah it's all instrumental i don't even talk during my shows really i'm just instrumental love it in the in the tradition of what kind of bands are instrumental that like i always think of smaller bands like uh mercury program who are friends of mine they did all instrumental music dixie dregs right um, King Crimson, did they? No, they sing. They sung. Yeah. But they did some pieces like that. Uh, who else do we, can we? Craftwork. Uh, Ooh, well, I love Craftwork. They sing sometimes, though. They're not like oh, exclusively. Right. Yeah. yeah. Frank Lowe Crasto. Yeah. Instrument only. Exactly. I was trying yeah. to just think of different. Really? Piano is the main instrument? Your main instrument? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you know Keys. that? Yeah, I right. knew that. Yeah. She's a pianist. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you dabble in the uh, the synthesizer world at all, or? You know, it's not my jam. Right on. I'm really a purist when it comes to piano, but um, I learned. I think like my first sort of love was on a Casio. Uh, we had a Casio that was, you know, probably like what maybe twenty five keys or something, sure. and it was all all programmed with Stevie Wonder songs. Oh, sick! And it lit up. Each key lit up as you played along with it. Dun, you are dun, the sunshine of my life. You just got mm. in the way of my vocals. Can you schmitzy my caca? Yeah. You mean turn you uh, down? Yeah, turn the volume down. That's a uh, sibling talk for turn her down. Schmitzy my caca, ladies Seriously, and it's so loud. Well, just a just little bit more. Okay, thank you. Up. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, That's awesome. A Casio with keys that light up. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It was very 80s. It was. Yeah. It was probably. My dad got it for us, probably at a gr- yard sale. Mm-hmm. 
and we were pretty obsessed. I remember that section of my life. Yeah. I learned how to. Dun, 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 dun. That was the intro. Yeah. But she's a she's classical pianist. Not really trained, so it's not really yeah, fair she's to self, say that. She's so. self-taught, which is cooler, um, I think. Are you yeah. trained? Um, yeah, I am trained. I took lessons as a kid. I went to art school. I had teachers. I went to university for music. Were you ever, as a kid, your parents, was it like a internal like i want to do this or was it like your own passion or were your parents like yo dude it was yeah it was a passion wow my folks just like yours got me a casio when i was like five and i just got really into it and um they put me in lessons and i took lessons for a few months and lost interest because music is hard yeah and um didn't do anything with it for a couple of years and then they got me like a nicer casio like with regular size keys and, mm. you know, um, yeah. And I jammed on that for a couple more years and, um, started taking lessons again. Do you read music? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, um, when you, so do you play just alone? It's just you when you're touring? No, I have a band. Oh, you do? Um, yeah. Okay. And so do you chart everything for them or, or is it like everyone kind of freeform does their Jazz thing Odyssey. to your. Totally. I okay. usually chart like a lead sheet. Right. Which is, you know, just kind the of basic like a, chords and all that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a melody and chords and right. um, sometimes there might be some specific things on there, but usually I'll make a demo and the chart is optional if right. the guys want it or not. And mm -hmm. they take it probably half the time. Do you find that mm -hmm. when you record music and then you go to play it live, even though you want to be super cool with whatever people come up with, let's say you miss what you recorded. And so you'll end up being like, actually, can you play that pickup there with the thing? Wait, I'm Rain projecting to exercise yeah, out her own control issues over her music and her band. It yeah, I'm sounds projecting. like, and so I she's like wondering to, if maybe I, I get demoitis, like whatever I end up recording, I tend to want to hear those same sounds live. It's not like I really want a total reimagining oh. to happen. That's what I mean. Sure. Do you, do you find that as well? Please just say yes so that we don't have to. Oh like my God. You just don't talk so much. I'm turning you down. I'll just sit here and look good. Okay. Yeah. Turn me up. No, I mean, down, down, down. Yeah, all seriously, down. my headphones. I mean, a lot of people I've worked with are like that. Um, I used to be like that and I've really tried to let go. I mm. find that the performances are usually a lot better when you just let everyone do their thing and be themselves. So you uh, have your solo uh, artistry, which is what we've been talking about, but you also play quite a bit, would you say a majority keys for other bands? Yeah. And do you feel like your solo is more, even though you're not using your voice, is it is it sort of your voice? You know what I mean? With my solo project? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And do you feel some appreciate, do you feel like you've learned from being a musician for other, mu for other acts, um, sort of what we're talking about, um, where you kind of appreciate like the leeway to put your spin on things, do your job, you know what I mean? Yeah, And totally. that kind of crosses over in your sort of head of band Yes to all of those. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Just high fives, yeah. yes. On it. This is why I keep around. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the people I play with are, they, they're they like, do your thing. 
And, um, you know, within reason, it's like be professional, don't like. Take solos in the middle of a bridge. Yeah. Well, they'll just tell you not to do that. That was cool, but maybe don't do that next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a fine art in itself. How to say maybe not so much without hurting someone's feelings. Yeah, musicians are very, delicate. very sensitive, We're very delicate. delicate. We really are. Totally. It's always, yeah. It's a, it's skillful how you you know. That's always about being skillful because. Yeah. It's like a compliment couched in a "Don't do that again." Totally. Yeah. Or a "Don't do that again" couched in a compliment. <laughs> However, that works. Yeah. Because it is like it's usually great players. It's just like a sensibility thing of like one. You don't like what I'm doing. Right. Which, it's, yeah. <laughs> just like get off your high horse. Have you been to LA a lot before? Yes, I love LA. Yeah? I almost moved out here a couple of years ago. Should we ask the three questions or the mini questions? It could be three, but there are some three. Yeah. I like to ask who you were, are your like influences, who you like, who turned you on to music, made you want to play? And that doesn't have to be the long list that I'm sure it is. I usually say two over, or three. Yeah, which but, is limiting, but, but at the same time, limited. then it's not like, oh, and this then, person. That yeah. Sure. Yeah, I guess influences are always changing as you develop. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning... My folks really are the ones who got me into music. My dad plays bass. And um, they kind of presented it to me. What's your dad's name? Frank. Oh, you're a junior. Different middle name, but sure. Cool. <laughs> we can't say his last name either. So yeah, it's just moving. <laughs> it's Lacrasto. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's got amazing. He's retired now and he's taking bass lessons, and which is awesome. Um, and uh, he makes these amazing YouTube videos with his teacher has this like green screen set up behind him. And he does like these jazz and disco medleys and like gospel and reggae. And um, what's his oh YouTube? Oh my God. All I have to do. Yeah. Is what am I searching on YouTube? Frank? Yeah. Le- yeah you just type in Frank Lacrasto. It's funny. Cause I have all this stuff up there and then like his videos pop up too. <laughs> and uh, oh, cool. so beautiful. That's amazing. They're amazing. And, when you watch them, they do nothing but just brighten your day. They'll I'm just in. make you so happy. Oh, that's so great. We're going to watch this. So what were they listening to? Was it was it just their stuff that they were playing that you were like, oh, awesome? Or were they, you know, throwing records on when you were a kid that sort of ignited? You know, around the house, um, because he's a bass player, he liked bands with good bass players. So he was really into Tower of Power from Oakland. I know, it's... <laughs> Don't know them. No, it's awesome. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You yeah, love. Right. He's a huge Jocko fan, mm-hmm. so he had like all these Weather Report records. And... Referencing Jocko Pastoria. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, but then he also like had this Sam and Dave CD that we wore out. There was a Duke Ellington cassette tape we listened to a lot. Um. So it was kind of all across the board, you know. But um. Yeah. And be- then like after that, I think the first CD I ever got was. Uh, Bill Evans' Explorations, which is... We know we don't know a lot about music, so thanks for all of these references so that we can do a little research. So Bill <laughs> Evans' reign. Okay, yeah. keep yeah. them coming. Yeah, yeah. Bill is, uh, Bill Evans' jazz piano player um, from uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And um, yeah, huge, huge influence. Um, Herbie Hancock... Miles Davis, I mean, that guy is like kind of the top of the list. Can't get enough of Miles Davis. Still. Yeah. Still listen to it a lot. Who are you listening to now? Um, 
Miles I, Davis, he just said, didn't you do No, I mean, that he, was in the past. No, he said, I said still, and he said, yeah, totally, Miles Davis. Okay. I know, but I will work this out later. Look, they put it, there's someone put a shoe heel I on know, the, I already noticed that. Eric and like I talked about it, and then he it's said, bizarre. yeah, it's all over the, they've been mm. doing something more than just podcasting in here. It I seems, think they're doing they're, parkour in here. It <laughs> <laughs> looks like it's footprints everywhere. Oh. Parkour. All right. We should do parkour in here. Okay. Um, so back to. <laughs> okay. Um, back to basics. So there's some other questions you have. There's multiple. That's what I was asking. What are you listening to now? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's one. Yeah. I've been really into exotica music for the past. What is that? Five or six years. Um, it's this genre of music that came about in the 50s. Um, it kind of romanticizes Polynesian culture. Um but in like a weird... So like Elvis Presley in the later... Uh, sort of. It's a terrible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, that Elvis Hawaiian record, that was you what could kind of say that is Exotica. Um, when people think of Exotica who are familiar with it, think of very specific artists like Martin Denny and Arthur Lyman and Les Baxter. Um, but really... I've heard of him. You have a what? Never heard of them. You have now. But that's oh. all right. Now I'm learning, yeah. aren't I? All right. Yeah. I know that sounds so pretentious. Like What? Martin no, Denny and Lesbacks. Why does that sound pretentious? That you're putting them back on the map. Who that? No one's like walking around going, Martin Denny and Bernard. So you yeah. can't even remember. <laughs> I can't remember. But yeah, it's the same idea. It's good. You know, some kids out there going, oh, I'm going to check who that is. And they might fall in love with romanticized Polynesian music. Also known as what? Exotica. Exotica. Also fused with jazz and Latin music is too. Latin music as well into that pool or whatever. That's um, great. Are there any um, contemporary bands that are writing Exotica? I'm sure there are. Is that your next move? Low. Crasto. Crasto. Maybe that's your next move. That's kind of what this record is a little bit of that. Yeah, the newest record I just put out is I've been calling it psychedelic exotica. Yeah. My question is about the world at large, right? All the crap that's going on everywhere. Really disturbing stuff happening in our culture and our world. Is there anything that stands out to you that you feel passionate about speaking to? And again, like whatever that means to you, no pressure, but... Well, you always ask everybody, like, if there's something that really puts a, what is it, craw in your... A bee in your bonnet. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm too young to, like, have any kind of wisdom for a question like that. But I do... uh, I think children... It's it's cheesy as it is. Children are the future. I mean, they... I think the next generation coming is... Somehow I think they're going to like get us out of this mess. I, I don't know. It's like a lot we're putting on them. That's pretty profound though. I think it's, it's, you're right. And I actually think you say we put a lot of pressure on them. I think actually this generation is taking on a lot more than the one just before. Oh, like yeah. they're sort of stepping out and saying this is BS and this is how we want to see totally. the future. And that's exciting. So, yeah. you know, it seems more like they're taking charge and we're like, Oh God, we feel bad. We weren't doing that. Sorry. How can we help? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, which totally. is refreshing. So uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think, 
You know, I agree. I agree completely. And I appreciate you sharing that. Is there anything else that you just want the world to know about you and your music or, or yeah. Um, yeah, just listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> Check out my record and listen to it. You know, that's really it. Is there a best case scenario way to listen to your record? Like if you, you know, ideal, like you say, like, you know, put it on before you get in a bath and light some candles or some people would be like, to put it on like while you're going through your closet organizing, like it's not math rocks and we're not going to do that. Yeah, no, it's not. It's very, um, it's pretty easy listening. Um, I, yeah, got anything. I, I think that... it would work in with any situation. Great. You know? Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your left of center musical. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. it was a pleasure. Sorry really about nice summer. You. We're going to work on Soon her. we're yeah. we're getting rid of rain, but until then, you just have to deal with it. Sorry about that. Good job, sis. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> all right, rain. Should we all cheers with the launch left cup? Yeah. Okay. Here, here. Salud. Woo. Cheers. Australia. Whoa. Overdriven. Sorry about that. Hashtag schools, not prisons is the leading brand at the intersection of art, culture and activism. Since 2016, hashtag schools, not prisons has reached millions of people and connected hundreds of artists with grassroots youth serving organizations across the United States. Hashtag schools, not prisons supports campaigns that are creating a new vision of safety centered on health, healing and investing in people. Hashtag Schools Not Prisons is produced and managed by Revolve Impact, an award-winning creative agency and content studio that utilizes radical imagination, art, and culture to communicate ideas, connect brands with causes, and advance social change. For more information, visit schoolsnotprisons.us. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left of center artists in all creative fields. Who's out dancing?